change and the loss is still devastating. Like we are creatures of habit. It, mm-hmm. sure. It's hard to break that habit. It's hard to get out, even though you're so unhappy because you've lived, lived it for so long, for mm-hmm. so many years yeah. that yeah. this is this the norm, even though somewhere in here, it's like something's gnawing at you that this is not okay, right? Yeah. Welcome to the Let's Not Sugarcoated podcast, where every week we bring you real, raw, and unfiltered conversations designed to motivate and inspire you on your journey through motherhood, relationships, and career. We're your hosts, Alex and Bella. Thanks for spending this time with us. Let's get into it. Welcome, welcome. Another amazing podcast coming your way. Today we have Camila Nelson. She is a very good friend of mine and I am so happy to have her mm-hmm. on today. So she is a mom of two boys ages seven and four and she also has bonus older boys, three of them. So holy mm-hmm. man, five boys. I would die. Boys. I have two girls <laughs> and that's it. Um, so she is my people because she is originally from Poland and uh, she lived in Germany as well and then uh, they settled in Canada but now she is living with her husband in the United States of America. She has left us. Uh, In 1999 she was on a tennis scholarship um, in Montana State University where she met her now husband but the story will unveil Ooh, in a so little excited. bit. <laughs> After returning to Canada and not getting married uh, to her yeah. now husband, she went to Grand McEwen University where she studied holistic health medicine. Several years, several years after graduating, she opened her own spa with the help of her family. But after three years in business, she sadly had to close the doors. Uh, that same year, she rekindled her love with her now husband, Chris. <laughs> and then she left to the States. Uh, she, they now have uh, their own woodworking business, which they started in late 2018. And as of August mm-hmm. of 2023, they have been doing it full time. Her husband quit his daily job so they can focus on the business and their kids. Um, yeah, so liquid metal woodworking design is where creativity meets craftsmanships in the world to, of ex, ep, epoxy resin and re, oh my god woman like you know I'm Polish and it's English is right it's, it's a epoxy resin so, yeah. woodwork craftsmanship it's amazing wait um, can you make a the, resin crib board because I want one yeah that's what you they do? special they yeah. charcuterie boards that's what they I do I don't amazing. want a charcuterie board I want a crib you board want a, you want a, a crib, crib board, board. Yeah. yes mm-hmm. okay well okay, I we'll want to yeah uh, so yes yeah, so I love crib yeah right I don't know how to play it so good for you people uh, <laughs> their passion is uh, for transforming ordinary wood into extraordinary pieces of art So yeah, so they do believe that every piece of wood has a unique story, just like all our guests on our show. So welcome, Camila. I am so happy you're here. Tell us a little bit more, because man, it's been a minute. (laughs) Tell us. We've known each other for so long. Um, Yeah, we. I think like Polish dance camp. We. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. One photo we have of all of us. Man, (laughs) I don't know. I'm like picking at someone's hair. Uh, Eva's hair, I think, or something like what is happening. But anyway, so tell us a little bit more on your journey. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Also nervous because oh my gosh, so much pressure. Oh, the pressure, pressured. You'll be good. So much pressure. pressure. (laughs) But thanks for having me. Yes, I'm your uh, Polak. Yes, yeah. we're we're Polish people together. My parents immigrated, left Poland in uh, early '90s. We ended up in Germany for a couple of years, mm-hmm. um, and then we ended up in Canada because my dad's best friend was in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. And at the time, the United States wasn't letting people in, so we were in Windsor. From Windsor, we took a Greyhound bus that took 56 hours. I remember my mother oh crying my because it was That's like so a far. culture shock, huge, huge culture shock, right? Going through uh, the Prairie Provinces. I mean, you guys know, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's flat. And so we settled in Edmonton. I've been there for most of my life. Um, and that's how Iza and I met. We went to the same school, <laughs> even. 
Yes. So like by Isa, uh, you guys know that my I have multiple names. So most people know me as Bella, but my Polish yes. friends will always call me Isa. So yeah. for today's Isa, podcast, always. I'm going to be Isa. <laughs> Isa. <laughs> That's the way it is. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, so was that like so, grade school or high school that you guys went together? So that, that was, I was like 10. So that would have been elementary. Yeah. And I went to, I remember uh, St. Basil was the Polish school mm-hmm. on the north side of town. Yeah. And then my parents moved to the south side, mm-hmm. the better side, the south right. side. Yeah. <laughs> We've heard a lot about the After south side. Yeah. <laughs> the south side. Um, and so in 1994, I think we moved to the south side. And that's when I ended up in St. Basil. Not St. Basil, in St. Louis, which is where kind of everybody went. Yeah, all the Polish, Louis St. Laurent. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Cool. And so Isa and I have known each other, like she said, for many, many years. Mm -hmm. And I've seen many, many things with her family and everything. I was there when... Your water broke too. <laughs> yes, yeah. She she moved in with me for a couple. I of months. did, and that was that was the tumultuous part of my life that we'll talk about. Yeah. Um. But in uh, 1999, I ended up in Montana State University, which is where I met Chris. And our meeting was kind of funny because I befriended a a, a woman who <clears throat> was extremely still to this day, very religious. They're they have their own. Um. I don't remember which one it is, but anyways, she's a, a wonderful person. They still live in Montana, her and her husband. And at the time, nobody really had laptops because it's like 1999, you know, like cell phones and laptops. Like you have to be rich to have those. Right, right. So we had computer labs. Like you go to the computer lab of your dorm building and that's where you send out emails and MySpace, like ICQ was a thing. Oh, yeah. And so, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so um, Chris lived in her building and I lived in the one next to hers and they would always see each other in the computer lab. And he had received a very pornographic and dirty email from his cousin. And she looked over and thought it was a good, and she thought I would like it. So <laughs> and then I would find it funny. So he didn't know who he was sending it to. He emailed it to me. And I think the next day we met. And so we flirted, we liked each other. Nothing really ever happened. And then we went our separate ways, but we kept in touch over like MSN Messenger, right? Wow, you're re- we're really dating ourselves yeah. here and I like Stop it. it. Stop I like it. it. <laughs> MSN Messenger. <laughs> For all the young listeners, thank God our they're listeners like, are that? a little bit, they're our age, so they, they can relate. They can relate. Okay, <laughs> yes. MSN Messenger, you kept in touch. I know. Nobody's going to know what I'm talking about. No, they are. Yeah. They're all our age. (laughs) They're all our age. You're good. We we kept in touch like a little bit throughout the years. Email here. He got married. He had three boys. And then I was in a long-term relationship um, with someone and he's passed away now. But um, it wasn't the best relationship in terms of the support. So I opened up my fast forward now. I went... Um, to Grand McEwen College, got my degree in, um, it was a um, certificate in holistic health medicine. I started doing massage therapy mm. with Vlad, you remember? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, the best and, sessions. And she was such a torturer. She's one, like, I, like you know, Helga or, you know, one of those right. women that come. And she, I would scream. Shh. Yeah. And okay. that's what she would say. Just shh. She'd shush just me. Breathe. Just and breathe. Just breathe. And I would be crying and she would not let up. But the best sessions ever was when <laughs> was, yeah we were. It was both physical and emotional. And therapy, emotional, right? yes, uh, and emotional absolutely. Therapy, yeah. I think more right. of the pain was the emotional release when I was going through what I was going yeah. with my ex, right? And you were just exactly like, get it out of your body. Mm. But anyway, yeah. sorry, continue. So you went and That's you did okay. massage. Yes, and I, I had many clients like that. I had clients mm-hmm. who would cry on the table sometimes, and it was just normal. That's just the release, right? Mm-hmm. That's just part of the release. Um, so I we I worked with him for a few years, and then decided, well, let's you know, let's try this on my own. And with my parents' help, we opened up a spot on the south side. On the south side, the, side, yeah. the good on side the south of town. Side, <laughs> on the south yeah. side, uh, near home, and it was going okay. But there was a lot of. Um, financial stressors was a very expensive place to upkeep and just trying to keep staff with Mm -hmm. it was a large place that had like five rooms so I would have had to have the staff anyways there was a lot going on so 2012 came along we opened in 2010 and 2012 came along and aside from um the year that my mom passed away which was in 1996 from breast cancer um at the age of 36 2012 was probably my second worst year that I can remember from the very beginning onwards. I mean, we're talking 
in January, I was hospitalized um, with gallstones. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up nearly dying of that because I refused to go to the hospital at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so then my uh, then boyfriend who I was with, he forced me to go to the hospital and they're like, well, you have to, we have to admit you because you're, you have pancreatitis, you're jaundice of the liver, like you're, mm-hmm. you're on the, you're on the outs here. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah. I'm like, no, I don't want to. Yeah. I didn't want to have surgery. I was, I, ref- I didn't want to do anything, but what was happening is my gallstones had actually um, moved out of my gallbladder and were blocking my bile duct, which is what was mm. causing every other issue. Mm. And so fast forward, you know, like I'm in the hospital for a week, high on morphine and I was in pain. Um, they had to do a lot. Eventually had my gallbladder removed. So that January started this precipitation of um, these events. Um, the business wasn't going well. Um the, my family and I were not getting along because they're part of the business. And what was happening was my ex-boyfriend, my boyfriend at the time, he was not supportive. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have a supportive partner, and that I don't mean that necessarily in a financial way, but in an emotional way, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, and in what you're doing, it really can break you down mm-hmm. like so easily, especially when it's already hard. Um, I was trying to, um, excuse me, I was robbing Peter to pay Paul to pay bills here, was, you know, taking out of the business where it shouldn't have been, um, hiding that from my family who was trying to help me, but I was so, like, embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I was so disappointed in myself, right? Mm -hmm. And I didn't want them to see that. I didn't want them to be so disappointed in me as I was in myself that I was failing and it was such a huge thing it was financially a massive undertaking. Mm -hmm. And so um, towards the latter part of 2012, it just started crumbling and crumbling some more. And that was the year, do you guys remember? That was the year where the Mayan, the whole Mayan calendar thing was, uh, you know, like the world's going to end. The Mayan calendar is, right? That was the year. Every, there's always something. There's always a year it's all going to end. Remember Y2K? We were like, the world is over. Yes. I was sitting in a bar and I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm like, what's going on? Um, I remember that. But in 2012, that's what it was. So I had eventually broken up with this man and being in my, you know, like late 20s at this point, early 30s, I'm like, I have nowhere to go. Mm -hmm. So I moved in with Ethan for like three months or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, And my, you know, I ended up that relationship, which put me in a completely downward spiral even though I wasn't happy with him because he wasn't providing me what I needed like his love language is completely different I wasn't getting from the seven years that we were together Mm -hmm. and anything that I needed from him Mm -hmm. emotionally and you know uh, like relationship wise yeah so um even though I wasn't happy the change and the loss is still devastating like we are creatures of habit. It's mm-hmm. for sure. It's hard to break that habit. It's hard to get out, even though you're so unhappy because you've lived lived it for so long, for mm-hmm. so many years. Yeah. That yeah. this is this the norm, even though somewhere in here, it's like something's gnawing at you that this is not okay, right? Yeah. So I did get out and um ended up um just falling apart for a while. And by the end of 2012, my relationship with my family was getting even worse because of the business and everything else that was happening. And so um, they were happy that my relationship with my ex ended, but um, everything else was still, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're still having problems. And so I remember going to a <laughs> New Year's party and I'm like, you know what, God, if I don't wake up tomorrow, I'm good. Like yeah. if this Mayan thing doesn't work out mm-hmm. or if this Mayan thing is actually true, I'm like, I'll be happy. Like I was just so tired. I was exhausted from everything that had happened. Um, that, you know, I, I just wanted it to kind of be over, but I woke up the next morning and I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, now I got to get up from this bathroom floor and <laughs> yeah. deal with my life. Right. And so I did. And part of it, um, for me, I think is to that my parents being immigrants and you know, this Isa, is mm-hmm. that our parents persevered through so much. They came to a different country. They came not knowing the language, not mm-hmm. having any of their skills that they had were practically non-transferable to what yeah. they were doing in Canada or US or where they were. And so 
they came with nothing or very little Mm -hmm. and what they did and they never gave up. And I'm like, you know what? I can't, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to give up either because they didn't. If they can get through all that crap and all that garbage and go to a brand new place as adults, take their whole life, pick everything up, then I should be able to get my shit together and, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and do that. And there were many times where I would cry in my spa and I would sit for 15 minutes on the floor and I would just cry it out. Yeah. And I would give myself that time. And then after that, I'm like, okay, now I got to get your big girl panties on Mm -hmm. and figure out a solution, Mm -hmm. whatever that is. And so in 2013, um, I started mending my relationship with my parents. And in that time, we decided that we're going to close down the spa. And we Mm could have kept going, but it was just getting, it was just like, and it was, I think it was just meant to happen. Honestly, Mm -hmm. it was just overbearing. I hated actually to the point where I didn't like going there anymore. I didn't like opening the business. Mm. Um, the weight of it all, I just felt like it just needed to be done. Mm -hmm. And I felt like a failure because when you start something, um, and you can't bring it to fruition and you can't make it happen, you do, you feel like Mm -hmm. a failure. Right. And throughout the last 10 years, I've learned that that's not a bad thing, Mm -hmm. but it's taken me a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so in 2013 is when Chris, ironically, this was beginning of 2013 in March. And then Chris ironically had, Post, I hadn't talked to him in, I don't know how long, like a couple of years or whatever. And we were friends on Facebook because everybody's friends on yes. Facebook. Once Facebook came out, it yeah. was like... <laughs> I mean, once Messenger <laughs> went, everyone's yeah. on Facebook. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so when Facebook came out, we were friends. I was his first friend, apparently, on Facebook. Oh, I oh. Know that. Wow. oh I know. Hello. <laughs> it was meant to be. I know. It was. <laughs> so he had posted, I remember, on April Fool's Day. He didn't even know that he was... Um, that his he was getting a divorce or something like that. And so I messaged him and I said, Hey, are you okay? Mm -hmm. And if you want to talk, here's my phone number, not planning anything at Mm -hmm. that point. He lived in Alaska and I'm in Edmonton and I had no plans. Almost like Alaska. (laughs) She said Edmonton was almost like Alaska. Almost like Alaska. (laughs) I know it is. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm, I'm not moving to Alaska. (laughs) (laughs) But he lived on an Island. It was almost worse. There's like nothing. Yeah. But we um, we started talking slowly and then, you know, one thing led to another. And then, you know, here we are um, 10, 11 years later now. And, mm-hmm. and he proposed to me when he came to see me in Edmonton in November. And I remember Lisa, we went for yeah. his birthday to mm-hmm. the Japanese village. Yeah. <clears throat> and then he asked my dad's permission to marry me. And then that was it. Right. Yeah. And so um, he's an amazing human being. Mm-hmm. Like I feel... That when you have, when you go from one toxic relationship and you feel like that's how it's supposed to be and that's normal and you get out of that finally and you kind of see beyond the haze Mm -hmm. and you meet somebody else who is this person that basically saves you. I mean, that's how he is to me. Like he is my angel. He's this hardworking man. He is an amazing father and husband. And he will turn the world upside down for our family, right? Mm-hmm. Like he will do whatever. Mm-hmm. And he supports me and everything and our business venture. And even if I wanted to do it alone, he wouldn't care. He would support me. He would do whatever if I, mm-hmm. you know, just to make just to make sure that I'm happy that our family is taken care of. <clears throat> so it's it's a nice change. He's always been mm-hmm. that person, mm-hmm. right? And he'll like I have no doubts of how much he loves me and how much he loves his family. And so mm-hmm. Um, it took a little while because I had to immigrate into the United States from Canada mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a, a freaking task for yeah. sure. Yeah, I know. Even yeah. for us Canadians, yeah. right? Who's mm-hmm. like, why should you be able to walk over the border? What's the problem, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's hard. But yeah. but it wasn't. Um, so it took a year and a half. And in May of 2015, I finally moved. And he, I'm like, and we talked about it. And I'm like, you know, I'm not moving to Alaska. Like, come on. Like, that's just happening. (laughs) And so he was able to get transferred down to Washington, which is how we ended up there. Okay. Um, And we spent some time in Washington. And um, I worked in occupational health and safety here Mm -hmm. in the United States, much like Lee does, um, though not on his level. And then... But always, always I had these, even when I was in Canada working jobs, I've always had these feelings of like, I this isn't it for me. Like mm-hmm. I, 
I hate working for other people and there's nothing wrong with it if that's what you love. Okay. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. But for me, it's just like, there was always that thing of like, this isn't enough for me. It's never enough. I'm just like crazy. I'm always like, let's go on an adventure. Let's do this. <laughs> let's, let's just turn our whole life upside down and see what happens mm-hmm. without much planning sometimes. <laughs> just, yeah. You know? Yeah. Sounds <laughs> like me. The- <laughs> well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fly yeah. by the seat of our pants for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how it was. And I mean, we lived in in Vancouver, Washington, which, by the way, is the first Vancouver I found out. It's not Vancouver, BC. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. We lived there for a while. And then we decided, um, we sat down one day, had this big board, and we're like, well, what kind of business should we do? Because we wanted to start a business, right? Mm -hmm. But I was really deathly afraid of jumping into something because of, you know, what had happened with my spa, right? And I didn't want to... I didn't want to take on something really big. I wanted something that we could do. We could start small and that we wouldn't be taking huge loans out for. And and so we thought about microbrewing because Chris likes to brew beer. And we thought about all these other things. And then um, he's always loved woodworking. He's worked around um, lumber and wood all his life. And then we found this epoxy stuff. And he's like, oh, let's give it a try. (laughs) Like, that's literally how it was. It was not some crazy epiphany thing. It wasn't some miraculous thing that, you know, it was just, we we made a plan. We wrote out a whole bunch of stuff and that's what it ended up being like. And so we started 2018 and really didn't do a whole lot. I got pregnant with Gabriel, our uh, last one. Chris tried for a girl, but you know what, dude? Yeah. Like you failed, you failed miserably. Yeah. It's all about the boys. boys. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and now we can say it's his fault. Because yeah, it is because we know we're now. not in Tudor time. Yeah, no. yeah, exactly. It's all his fault. Off with one hundred percent his fault for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although with your head not, because that's what no. they wanted was the boys. So exactly, you would have been the perfect yeah. person. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I would have been sought after. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So only if Chris was the king, because he's the one producing the males. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Henry so, Tudor was, yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, we ended up, um, and then I was pregnant in 2019 with Gabriel. And we did our first show when I was like seven or eight months pregnant. And then just kind of snowballed from there. And it's funny from when you start a business to where you have, and how far you've come along. And to me, it's never... And to this day, like I still struggle with that because to me, it's never fast enough. Right. Like I'm always like, well, we should be over here. Yeah. Why are we yeah. over here? Why haven't we grown fast enough yet? And, you know, um, we need more people and more capital to do that. But the, pot- the, the potential is there. We have a good product. People love it. It's just, I'm always like, I want to be faster. I want to be like the Energizer bunny. Like, let's go yeah. faster. We need to do this faster. Yeah. Look at like all these businesses that, you know, are doing so well. And Chris is like, you need to like, take it easy. That is not our path. Like mm-hmm. we have to, we have to do our own path. That's the, that's hard for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, not you, comparing myself. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, do you think some of that's like your almost like self-imposed pressure of like that you felt like you failed at something? So you're like, we got to do it faster and get it done. Or do you think... Yeah, part of it is. And the fact that, you know, I'm in my 40s now. And so um, when my mom passed away, she was 36. I was 15. Mm. And so when you're 15, 36 seems like a very far, far long, you know, mm-hmm. far, far away. Yeah. And you don't really understand that. And when I surpassed her age, that I'm now six years older than she was, it really changes your perspective because... It makes you think about your mortality just a little bit more. And I try not to, Mm -hmm. but um, even though she passed away in 96, so it's been like 30 years, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Almost. That quote unquote PTSD is always going to be there. You never really get over it. It's just the closer or the more we age, the more I age, the more I'm like, oh my gosh, Mm. you know, more I could get hit by a bus or he could or something could happen. And I have to stop myself mm-hmm. um, because it's not a healthy way of living. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably one of the reasons that I'm just like, we need to get this like, you know, moving faster. Like, yeah. let's go, let's go. We're in our 40s and people are successful at 30, you know, and, and we're in our 40s. We just started this business not that long ago. 
And so I have to really take a step back. And he's, and Chris is really good also at kind of reeling me back a little bit Mm. with that and just saying like, this is our path, you know, like we still have time. But again, for me, sometimes I have that paranoia of like, I fear things. Mm -hmm. Um, His good friend lost his wife. Um, She was 45 and it was just like this. She had um, an onset of aggressive leukemia and she went in a week and it was just, one day she was out hunting, fishing, and very, very healthy woman, no problems. And then the next day she collapsed and they found out that she had leukemia and within a week she had passed, right? Mm. And so I think my experience with my mom's passing and now there's just, you know, people die. It's the way of the world. People get born, people die. But it's, I don't know, my my self-imposed, mm. it is, it's my self-imposed paranoia and also with the business failing. I think that also has something to do with it, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm learning and it's been a process. And I think part of the process in the last five years too has been that failure is okay. That actually mm-hmm. when I fail, I get better. We get better at something when we mm-hmm. fail. Failure does not mean um, that we're horrible. It just means that we need to maybe reevaluate something and take a different approach to what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, but it's taken me a long time. (laughs) There's always lessons in, you know, the, I don't like to call them failures because I mean, you know, you start a business in hopes everybody does. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes, you know, things don't go the way we want them to. And then we have to pivot. I love that pivot. Exactly. Right. And the, the lessons that we take, the learnings, I mean, you've learned a lot through running a spa. You know, you learned about yes. you know what it takes, the 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 grind, the uh, finances, like all of that. So you've taken all that experience into your new venture. So it's just it's not a failure; it's a it's a lesson, and then you just yes. apply it too. And you know, with this, you know, I have the same. I always want to like let's go, let's go, let's go. But I've <laughs> learned <laughs> learned um, also recently that you know, taking a step back and really focusing on the journey and the present and being yes. grateful will, you know, give you that space and that opening to take you to that other step. Because sometimes when we're going too fast, we miss a lot of, you know, opportunities because we're so focused uh, on getting from here to, you know, from mm-hmm. A to Z and the quickest possible way. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we need to take those side roads and pauses to actually, you know, figure out what it is that we need at the moment, what the business needs, what the family needs, and then we can grow and move faster in that aspect. Not so much from A to Z, but, you know, the growth will be substantially more because we're now more open to different opportunities that we may have not you know, listened or mm-hmm. saw because we're on this speed train. You know, it's always taking that <laughs> the bullet train. Yeah. The bullet, yeah. yeah. I mean, a the lot of that's train. such a society pressure too, right? It like is. we see success as one way. We've kind of, in the business world especially, set it up that, okay, this is what failure is. But really, like Bella's saying, and I saw this talk last year where she talked about, she was a psychologist. And she was like, I tell my kids, fail because when you fail like you're mm-hmm. saying Bella that's the mm-hmm. lesson you can exactly. adapt like you're saying about okay I'll take this route but in society we're like oh your business crashed you failed and then you think of all these successful people mm-hmm. who've built these huge companies mm-hmm. and they all have stories of like starting 12 Absolutely. businesses and they all failed yeah right but it's exactly. so hard exactly. to change our mindset on that for sure yeah and it's exactly. taking that yeah. chance like and and yeah you start something at least you can say, hey, I started something. Because oh, there's yeah. so many people that fear starting anything and they That's never true. start anything. So, you know, it's amazing that you did that. You know, it it is. Yes. It was, it's just taking that step says so much more about your character than those that really want but never get started because of their fear. Mm. Right? So you, you yes. we all have fears when we're starting something whether it's a business, whether, you know, marriage, whether having children, there's always fear, right? Mm-hmm. But it's it's not allowing that fear to control what we want because we need to, you know, want it bad enough, mm-hmm. have a why behind mm-hmm. it, and then take those steps 
Because without, you know, those first steps, without the action, there's nothing. There's just, you know, it all lives in your, in your world, in your head. So. No, I I agree with that. Mm -hmm. And like having a supportive, I mean, I've been in that position or similar to what you're saying. I can relate to it, to having an idea, wanting to grow a business a certain way and just having the person that you want to be the person to say, yeah, I support you, whatever choice you be, be the person that you're almost fighting against to be like proving Mm -hmm. this is, I'm going to make this work. And it's so different than having that feeling of, okay, yeah, do do it. I'm excited for you. I don't know how you're going to make it work, but do it. Because it feels like that added pressure. Like you're already worried about starting it yourself. Mm -hmm. And then you have somebody who's like, well, I kind of doubt this is going to work. And Mm -hmm. I'm not super supportive of you. (laughs) Yeah. And you're like, shit, Mm -hmm. here I go. Fighting against everybody, Mm -hmm. including myself. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's hard. so important to have that supporter partner, mm-hmm. um, whatever, and in, in form that, you know, is your cheerleader. That, yeah. Like you said, not necessarily has to be with money, but just, you know, mm-hmm. encouragement mm-hmm. and sitting down and, and doing a mastermind going, okay, how can we figure this out? Do you have any input? Like being involved and exactly. being supportive is so important mm-hmm. because that also adds to that success. Because if, if, you know, the relationship is not 100%, it trickles out into the world, into business, into other relationships oh, yeah. as well. So if it's not good at home, it ain't good out there. No. Or as it bleeds good out as it everywhere. could be. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it yeah. bleeds out everywhere. Yeah. And I mean, a perfect example for us, and I agree 100%. And, you know, over, like I said, over the years... Um, there's been a change in that and I and I've been learning so much more and accepting myself a little bit more. Um, perfect example of that is we did a, our first show when, so we decided to move now uh, from or- from Washington, Oregon area to Texas because again, why not? Why not? Pick up, Don't and, go. Mess Pick up with and Texas. Go. <laughs> yeah. Pick up and go. <laughs> it's warm here. I mm-hmm. mean my in-laws are here. My in-laws are here, but um, <laughs> it's warm here. And we thought, well, why not? Um, Oregon was getting expensive, uh, where we were living was very, very cold. And so we had sold our house and decided to do the whole like nomadic fifth wheel lifestyle. And that's what we're doing right now. And we decided that we're going to do a show in Oklahoma, which is about eight hours North of here. And our oldest is in the air force and he lives in Oklahoma. So we thought, well, this is great. We're going to go visit him and go to a show. Right. Chris hates shows, by the way, like Mm -hmm. he hates them, but he'll do them. (laughs) He's like, I don't like talking to people. <laughs> You're like, fair. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I'll do all the talking. But yeah. um, I'm, I'm good. I can talk. And we went to the show and we've done shows with the same company who um, ironically is a Canadian company out of Ontario. We've done them in the Pacific Northwest before mm-hmm. and we've been very successful. And so we decided not knowing the market or anything that we're going to do this show in Oklahoma. And it was... Um, a huge bomb. <laughs> it was just, it was horrendous. I mean, now I laugh about it, but it was three days. It was a home and garden show and there was nothing wrong with it. The, pe- the They had the people there. It was just not our market. Mm-hmm. And so um, part of it for us learning in this business too is like, what is our you know ideal market? We know what it is, but we keep, sometimes I'm like, I keep, I feel like we keep going in this wrong direction, like thinking that like we're just going to break down the store rather than actually going to where we're supposed to be going, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it just wasn't the right clientele in that market for us. Mm -hmm. And so we spent three days just hemorrhaging financially. And so on the way home, it was an eight hour drive. We spent the whole time discussing what went wrong, Mm -hmm. you know, how we could have done better and what we're going to be doing now and how we're going to pivot from that and how we're going to, you know, adjust and adapt because ultimately that's, I think growth happens from that. If you can learn from Mm -hmm. your mistakes Mm -hmm. and learn where you went wrong, you know, you adapt and you, and you move forward. And so we did. And now Chris has taken over most of our social media and he's actually really good at editing videos and doing Mm -hmm. all that stuff. And I hated doing it. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, he's, he's doing that now and it's, and it's proving to be, you know, little by little, slowly successful. Right. And I'm Mm -hmm. still focusing on everything else and we're both doing the woodworking. He does a better job of doing, he's like, I'm better at sanding and cutting with my saw. It's like a man. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, you can do it, baby. You can do it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
So we divide and conquer and Mm -hmm. knowing what each other's strengths and weaknesses are helps. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's key. It's it's any business, um, Uh, knowing your strength and and hiring the people that have what you don't have to make it successful because there's no point of hiring the same two of yourself when you you need Mm -hmm. somebody that does like, we're in search of some people too to help us out in aspects of this business that, you know, we just, we're just not subject matter experts at. So it is through that. We all have strengths. You know, Alex has hers. I have mine. And then we have Rai Rai, Ryan. Rai (laughs) Rai. Oh, you know, me and my nicknames for everybody. Rai Rai is behind the scenes. uh, Sorted in my head, which Ryan it is, right? So but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. It is you know through those learnings and and those like you said misfires or doing something. It's like okay, what if you can sit down and and go what worked and what didn't? Yeah, and exactly. where do we adjust? Is so it's it's key in mm-hmm. in your future yes. success. So I'm glad you guys had the eight hours to we kind did. of discuss that. <laughs> to talk about that. <laughs> you know, talking about, oh my gosh, and putting yourselves down or, you know, focusing on the whole negative. There was some of that. Well, like I'm sure yeah, there was. Well, I mean, you're allowed to complain. But then, yeah, you just, yeah, like yeah. you said, put your exactly. big girl panties yeah. on and said, okay, what are the exactly. learnings from this and uh, yeah. where we can go and do better in mm-hmm. yeah. in the future. So it's probably yeah. good that it was an eight hour trip because then it wasn't it was. twenty minutes where you could just complain. Yeah. You were like, exactly. oh, now we gotta move on from this conversation. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Now what are we gonna now do? What are we right? gonna yeah. do? I guess we can think about what we can do better. Yeah. yeah. We have this eight hour boring drive yeah. through this flat run. So, <laughs> so <laughs> let's just might as well get creative. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Exactly. Yeah, it is. And yeah. we had to it and we are working on it, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and it's always going to be a work in progress. And like you said, Isa, it's always going to be this journey the mm-hmm. and being present in that journey yeah. rather than trying to focus on, okay, what am I going to be in five years or where am I going to be? Mm-hmm. Where are my kids going to be? Uh, takes you away from being where you are now, right? And mm-hmm. even <clears throat> trying to balance the home life, the business and family balance, trying to give as much to your kids as mm-hmm. you can without taking away from yourself or from your marriage. Mm-hmm. Or from your business, it's like this, it's a constant juggling act. Like, you know, we should all have balls in the air nonstop, right? Yeah. Nonstop. And our four-year-old is the biggest challenger of them all for us. (laughs) It's always the way, the youngest (laughs) there, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's a tyrant. He's a tyrant, that one. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I can Uh see where he gets it from. (laughs) <laughs> not me, right? You're no, not, she's not, not talking about you. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll tell Chris. You it's said obviously Chris's fault. Yeah. <laughs> well, Chris uh, used to run away as a child, so you yeah, know. yeah. So mm-hmm. Gabriel's run away as a child a few times. Yeah, he's already been in custody. Oh, nice. You know, with the police. So. <laughs> <laughs> Is that just because it's America? I can't imagine a four-year-old being in custody. Oh yeah. no, he's been well in custody, right? I mean, he yeah. ran away. And he thought it was a game and I didn't notice that he was gone. And so he went onto this main road. And so people and stopping because mm-hmm. they're like, yeah. this this three-year-old is walking around. Yeah. Two and a half year old, fully dressed. And so they called the police. Yeah. Jeez, yeah. That's kind of like Lee. He let, escaped grandma's uh, house and he was like, <laughs> I'm going to go at three in winter no uh-huh. shoes, just underwear and a t-shirt and walked 118th Ave, you know, that lovely. Oh, yeah. Uh, got on a bus because he was going to go to his he babysitters. Got he got on a bus. The bus driver The bus driver him. just let him on. Well, he <laughs> let him on because there was a kid without, yeah. and then he called into uh, the cops, right? Uh, and then by that time, they noticed that Lee was gone. And oh. then he got... He thought it was the funniest thing because he rolls up in a cop in the back of a cop car with the lights on. Yeah, and yeah. I'm sure. We all so, know why the bus called yeah. the cops because he didn't pay his fare. Yeah, okay, exactly. <laughs> he yeah. didn't get that two twenty five, which yeah. is like eighty cents back then. Yeah, yeah. So, oh man. But yeah, as moms, like you know, everybody's like, "Oh, you're such a bad mom. You didn't." Like we all do our best. You know, mm. you you would juggle so much, and you can't always keep an eye on. The child, like you just can't. It's physically impossible. Yeah. And yeah. you do want them to be a little bit more independent. Like right now, having these, Absolutely. you know, kids who are constantly catered to and pap- like, uh, picked, mm-hmm. you know, who are we? 
who are we raising? You know, so invalids. That's yeah. Who, so <laughs> yeah, we're we're they can't I mean, do like, anything. Yeah, they can't. They can call Uber or DoorDash yeah. for yeah. food. But. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyways. So do tell us. No offense, Rai Rai. Yeah. <laughs> so so where so where um so tell us a little bit more about living as nomad. I'm so fascinated. I, yeah, I am. You know, I that. have a friend who also sold their stuff in in Edmonton, and then they bought a hotel. I think it like BVI oh. somewhere, and they are sailing yes. on their catamaran. That's right. So now you're sold everything, and now you're in an RV, yes? Yes. Uh, yes. A big monstrosity I've seen online. and Yeah, uh, it's a big house on wheels. Yeah, <laughs> so how is that going from, and you know, from a stationary home to mm-hmm. a home on wheels, moving locations, mm-hmm. and then raising little, little people? Do you homeschool no. them? Or do they? Hell no. No, I was like, are they go to close? <laughs> so you just like uh, park for the school year, like wherever. Yeah, yeah, like I thought about the home homeschool thing and I'm like, oh, like I just, I'm not that mom. Fair. I really want to be that mom that's on Instagram cutting her kids' sandwiches and making <laughs> Into little stars and yeah. stuff. But no, I'm not. Like I drink at eight o'clock in the morning sometimes because <laughs> my child has already done things that, he should not be alive for, <laughs> but, um, it's been, it's been an, not as bad of an adjustment surprisingly as I thought it would be. We went from the only thing, like we went from a quarter acre in the city and 2000 square foot house, which we sold to this like 400 square feet or something that mm-hmm. we're living in. Right. Mm-hmm. And the kids have their own bedroom. And honestly, it's like it was in the house. They had this giant playroom they had in our house. And they Mm -hmm. dragged all of their toys out and downstairs into the living area. And I'm like, take them back upstairs. I'm trying to keep this clean. And the same thing happens here. So that doesn't really matter where you are. (laughs) Right, okay. And how big of a space. Yeah. The... um, There are things I do miss about being stationary or living in a home... Uh, mostly because, you know, I'm Polish. We cook a lot. We eat a lot. And so having the family time, the Christmas time, mm-hmm. being able to have the space where I can do that, mm-hmm. having a big kitchen is what I miss having um, and having the socialization of the family. Um, so I miss having that and our own land. Mm-hmm. But honestly, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. The one thing I, I haven't missed is I don't have to clean as much because yeah. <laughs> it's a smaller <laughs> space. So that's nice. The, um, I mean, we can always pick up and go if we're not happy. We can always yeah. pick up and go somewhere else. So that's kind of scary and fun at the same time because we're kind of adventurous people. We're okay with that. We are planning on becoming stationary again, so mm-hmm. that because we still want to get give our kids that stability. Mm-hmm. But they're young enough still for now that we mm-hmm. can drag them around and whip them around, and they'll be mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, they'll be uh, amazing. Yeah. I mean, I whip my kids around, you know, exactly everywhere, and they're little social exactly. butterflies. They know mm-hmm. a lot more than they should, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I blame that on the internet, but yeah, wow. it's, it's giving those them the worldly experiences is where you know the mind develops. Um, yes, absolutely. Rather than just looking at books and the screen. They get out in real life and, and um, yeah, and then they get yeah. to experience the things that they read about in books. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So what? And I've like, always been a, go ahead. No, go finish. You go. Oh, no, I'm just saying I've always been a big proponent of that too. Even with our older ones who spent most of their time, most of their time in, in Alaska, when they go out, I'm like, travel, go mm-hmm. see places, go experience different cultures, see how other people live because this is not a hamster wheel, the bubble that we live mm-hmm. in. Like, that's not it. That's yeah. not the end of the world. Like, there is so much more out there. Go meet different people. Go go meet new people. Go see how different people live. Even in Texas, people live differently. Even though it's the same mm-hmm. country. Yeah. There's, you know, there's obviously mostly, main, you know, everything is similar, but there's still so many differences in how people live. And we're only, you know, a, a few states away. So yeah. it's just so so big and so vast that it's just, it's interesting. And there are... Polish towns in Texas. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. that's cool. Huh. That's yeah. really cool. So what was like the process of you and Chris deciding, hey, we're going to go live 
in our RV? Like what, what did somebody come up with the idea? Did you just one day think we need more adventure in our life? How'd it come about? That's a good question. (laughs) Um, we, we have another trailer that we bought for ourselves for camping because at one point I was like, I'm done tenting because I was eight months pregnant and I, we all mm. flooded out in a tent. So we bought that originally just to camp in. We ended up renting it out, making some money on it. It was good. And then um, we kind of like, well, we see all these other people starting to do it a little bit. And we wanted to, I guess, live less financially burdened Mm -hmm. maybe like Mm. mortgages are horrendous right especially now (laughs) with the interest rates the way that they are for sure and so we were um when before before gabriel was born i was working full-time chris was working full-time and it's just this constant grind and i remember being in traffic every day and driving and i'm like it's like zombie land out here right Mm -hmm. like that's how i feel to and from, to and from, right. to and from. And that's how I felt. And I'm like, this is not what life, like, this is not what I want my life to be like. Where I go, I have to drop off my son with daycare or grandma or whoever. And then not see him for eight hours or 10 hours or whatever it is. And then come pick him up, have a couple of hours, and then that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're like and stressed and pressured and you're like making dinner. Dinner, snapping yeah, at your child. Mom and sure yeah. Healthy yeah. dinner. So, you know, you're not, yeah. I'm not cooking that box crap because I have to have healthy dinner for my kids because they need to grow up and be strong. Right. And so that's, that's, I think, part of what we decided, why we decided to do that. And we wanted to start focusing on our business full time. And this sort of afforded that for us mm-hmm, on nice. more financial, from a more financial perspective, honestly. And so it hasn't been bad at all. I mean, when we were living in Oregon uh, in the winter, it got, bad because Mm -hmm. you do feel confined if you don't have a means to escape it you're and especially with the weather being horrible we lived in a small town when we moved from washington so we sold our house in in vancouver we ended up moving to oregon for a year like just over the border so chris could have a shorter drive to work and um in that area it's although very beautiful the pacific Mm -hmm. northwest the columbia river gorge is extremely beautiful area the winters are harsh, not in the sense of like Edmonton harsh, but extremely windy and, and rainy, like cold, cold. And that wind just cuts right through you. Mm-hmm. And so living in an RV there was sucky, mm-hmm. right? Because there's only so much you can do uh, outside yeah. <laughs> in weather like that. And yeah. so it just, it, it wasn't great. There were weeks where I'm just like, oh my gosh, I have cabin fever. So I would take Gabriel, who wasn't in school yet, to an indoor play place or the pool. But how often can you do that before, you know? Oh, yeah. So when we decided to come down here, we decided we were going to come down here because his parents were here. And we're like, well, we want to do some exploring. And we still don't know if we're going to settle in Texas or not. It still hasn't been decided. And there is a little bit of that fear, but also a lot of excitement Mm -hmm. and sort of like, you know, I don't know. We might we might end up in Tennessee for all I know. I have no yeah. idea. Yeah. Or in Canada, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I love that about you. I like that adventure that you yeah. seem to have that sense of and adventure. And when you're yeah, and when you're open to it, you know, people always ask me, Oh, is Kelowna it for you? Like is that it feels like home right now. There's no intention of moving now, but I'm never gonna say, Oh, I'm this is it. I'm never moving because mm-hmm. I'm just not that person. I am open to opportunities and possibilities and when you are open the universe then provides you Mm -hmm. different opportunities and um, then you can choose do I take it or do I not but if you close yourself off and say no this is it then none of that you you don't see it it's like that fast train like you don't you don't see the other doors you don't see the the scenery outside so Mm -hmm. yeah I love that you guys are open to it and you, you yeah. know, wherever you're supposed to be, you will be. That's how I see. You I know? felt like a song it just is. jumped in I my know, head. right? <laughs> Whatever will be. Will be. It will be. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I have no idea in our timing, but I do kind of want to know about, um, like, take us back to Chris. And, and when you were first met in that lab, you know, back in the day, did you have any inkling that you were like, you just liked this guy? Or were you like, <laughs> uh, you know, like, it just seems like fate. It was so cute. Like, was there I an know, inkling where you're like, one day we might be <laughs> together? Or were you just like, Oh, this will be what it is. 
I was like, oh, he's really hot. I remember. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, we're 18 years but old. Yeah. Right? Well, and important I things. remember I was there on a tennis scholarship. I was nice and fit. We're getting fit again. We're working out. So it's good um, together. But, um, you know, uh, he always he always laughs because he's always like, yeah, you saw me. And you just went. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's cute. I'm like, mm-hmm, that's exactly how it was. Yeah. <laughs> no, funny. we, I always found like, I just like his, he just had this personality about him. He was just this really handsome guy who was really um, nice and friendly and funny. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of fun together. We did then, and it was very short lived back then. Mm-hmm. But he and I have so much fun together. And I think that's one of the keys to a, good marriage just to mm-hmm. never stop having fun yeah because life gets hard mm-hmm. you know and um there's always something that will interfere with your marriage like kids are sick or we have to do this or this kid's has this practice and then we have to run over here and yeah. you know you don't make time for yourself but at the time no I didn't know that he was going to be it for me I I had I didn't even think about that right mm-hmm. especially since we went our separate ways after, you know, the couple of, actually, I didn't even think we spent a couple of months together. He remembers better. <laughs> but he went back, he went back to Alaska and then yeah. I came back to Edmonton and then that was it. And then he ended up getting married, you know, having mm-hmm. kids. And so yeah. never in my wildest dreams would I have thought that this is where fate took me. But I do believe to some extent, like we make our choices, but we are given, like you said, you know, like we're mm-hmm. presented with choices mm-hmm. and we're presented with life. and. Sometimes it just nudges us in a certain direction too. Yeah. yeah. And so it was kind of faded and funny how our relationship started when one thing ended for me. Like that had to come full circle, right? Yeah. My my relationship with my ex, my health issues, and then um, the business just had to all end mm-hmm. and be done with. And then that new year was just sort of the beginning. And I had no idea that that's where, even when I messaged him on Facebook, Right. And I said, here's my number. Like, I just meant it as a friend. Like, I mm-hmm. just meant, yeah. you know, Isa's yeah. looking at me like, mm, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mean you I have a space thing. book. You were I probably like, thing. he's still hot, but I'll, let, I'll message him. But he's still yeah. hot. Yeah. He's just yeah. like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know that face. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, because when you talk about him, you do get this look about you, like yeah. giddy. So yeah. I can imagine if you were back in the day, Bella's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, just messaging yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was all yes. innocent. Yes, innocent. I'm sure it was. It oh, was. I love it. That's cute. That's really cool. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. So that's one thing in my life that has been uh, a constant. And um, I'm just, yeah, he always makes me laugh. We're very happy together. Mm. I don't nice. know what he says, but I say we yeah. are. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, he'll funny. say it if he knows it's good for him, right? Like, yeah, yeah that's says, right. Yeah, that's happy, right. He's always happy like, life. I'm not a, yeah, he's always like, I'm not afraid of you in yeah. public. Yeah. Yeah. In public, yeah. <laughs> it's because you're Polish. You're a bit scary, yeah. you know, these that's Polish, <laughs> yeah. Polish people are. Okay, well, um, I think it's time for some rap fire questions. Okay, so tell us, what is, uh, say, a, I mean, I'm, a quality your parents in their upbringing of you that you're like, you know what? I'm choosing not to do this in my parenting style. Um, oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, my dad, mm-hmm. you know, um, my, my mom passed away, but my dad, a very traditional Polish man. You don't talk about your feelings like mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. And the only feelings you can show are angry ones. And so that is something that I'm trying to break. Well, I, I've been good at it. You know, mm-hmm. I believe that our kids are still human, <clears throat> even though they're little. Yeah. And so I do talk to them more. They still get in trouble, but I want to hear from them. I want to know if they're, you know, what they're feeling and whether it's validated or not. Yeah. Which I did not have that because mm. it was either all or nothing. Yeah. So that that's probably the difference. And it's just the way that he was brought up. It's just old school. Mm. You know, kids should be seen, not heard. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, so what, um, yeah. <clears throat> So what's like a quality that, you know, say as a kid, because we all have these stories we tell ourselves, right? So maybe there was something, a personality trait or something that eventually, like maybe as a child, you felt like, oh, this is something that people are always like, oh, do less of this, right? But then now, maybe through growth, you've realized, wait, this is a a strength of mine. 
I talk a lot. <laughs> maybe too much. Um, no maybe, such thing as too much. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and that's my kids because Chris is always like, oh, let me get that from you. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. Um, I've never... I've never been good at listening and and doing what people want me to do. Mm. I mean, I'll do it because I have to, like if I was in school, but I was like, why? Why do I have to do this? I'd always question everything. And I think as an adult, that's a really good quality to have. Mm -hmm. And my four-year-old is really like that right now. And it drives me nuts (laughs) because he doesn't ever want to do what you tell him to do. Yeah. And when you're a child and you're always pushing the envelope and you're always pushing the boundaries, mm-hmm. people, uh, especially adults, you know, when it's your family, they're like, no, I want you to do this because it's good for you because I know better. Yeah. But I'm like, but no, I don't want to do this. I want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And as a child, you're like, you know, you don't, you don't understand why they're having you do this. But as adults... Um, as an adult, it's helped me push the boundaries mm-hmm. further and and get myself out there more. Mm-hmm. But it's it's that balance. Like I, when we started the whole social media thing started, and social media is hard, and you you mm-hmm. guys know this in terms of like how we see ourselves as women and mothers, and what we see on social media, and getting out of that whole thing of like, well, I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't have, my hair is usually not like this. I, I, I morphed for this podcast. I morphed, I morphed. Usually I'm like this, you know, but I, <laughs> that's how I feel every day. <clears throat> and so um, when you see and you, and, and you, and you try to not compare yourself on social media, but then you end up doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. honestly, I, I have, I've done it many times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, compare yourself to this person or that woman, or I'm too fat, I'm too thin, my hair is, you know, curly mm-hmm. instead of straight or vice versa. But um, now I'm just like, ah, eh, whatever, I don't, care. I don't care anymore. Yeah, I've gotten to that point. And I didn't as a child. And I think as a child, I didn't care. And I pushed boundaries more. And then you're like constantly told to do something. And so you're like, okay, well, I got to do this because this is what society says or because it's illegal or because <laughs> whatever. Because <laughs> it's illegal. Yeah. <laughs> You know, because you should do this because you're told to and that mm-hmm. this is the right thing to do, even though somewhere in your brain, you're like, but I don't want to. I think I should do this. Right. Now, as an adult, you're like, well, I can, right? I'm going to try this and see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like it's taboo living in a fifth wheel is kind of like that whole um, stigma to it still, right? Like, mm. you know, if you're living in a fifth wheel, what does that mean? What kind of person are you? Mm. Right? I but think it kind of means I you're pretty badass. Cool. Yeah. yeah, I think that's, <laughs> that's cool. cool. No, okay. Well, where can people find you if they want to find your business and Instagram or, yeah. Yeah, so we are on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and then we have our own website, which I'm still um, reorganizing a little bit this year. And that's the other thing is trying to find people now that we can um, kind of divvy up those tasks for, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like I had to, just to save on finances, I was like, I'm going to teach myself how to photography products, which I was horrendous at. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I'm still great at, but I'm way better than I was. Yeah. Right. But I would like to give that task to somebody who does that yeah. professionally, right? Yeah. So we're slowly starting to do that. And so online, and then I usually will post what show we're at and what mm-hmm. state. And we're so, starting to do a little bit more of that where we're going to different states. Mm-hmm. So, because you can. Yeah. Because, because we can. You can. Right. Um, so, give us the website. Yeah. Uh, and your links to Facebook. So, Liquid Metal Woodworking. So, give Correct. us... Correct. .com. The, that's it. Give us the whole the thing. Fa- the website is liquidmetalwoodworking.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very long, I know. I try to find a different one, but... It's okay. trying to shorten it. But it <laughs> yeah. was taken. It was taken. They're always taken. Yeah. <laughs> I know. They're always taken. So, just like you spell I-Q-U-I-D... Metalwoodworking.com. Uh, TikTok is the same. Mm-hmm. Liquid Metal Woodworking. Instagram is the same. And so is Facebook. I think Facebook 
Facebook's kind of strange in the way that we did it, and I don't know. Um, you can still look us up under Liquid yeah. Metal Woodworking, or if okay. you go www.facebook forward slash, it's Live Edge Resin, okay. because I think it was also taken. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we can definitely look at that. Yeah, and we'll I put will, it in this episode. Yeah, we'll definitely it. link it under. And then Thank before you. we say bye, give us one quick tip of like surviving as a boy mom. You have lots to share with the listeners. And or like, <sighs> I feel like... I'm going to get flack for saying, boy, mom, somebody's going to get I am, something. yeah. 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 Um, don't expect the house to be clean and don't stress over it. <laughs> I like it. That's good tips. Yeah. Okay. okay. Thank well, you. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. We really enjoyed uh, your story and your yeah. wisdom and your, yeah, just being open and real and raw. And um, yeah, till next time. Till next time. Can't see we wear. Thank you. you. Know, Thank good. you for having me. It was a wonderful experience. Okay. I appreciate it. And you thanks guys are doing coming. wonderful work. Thanks. Well, thanks for Thank being you. here. Okay. Bye. 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 We hope you enjoyed today's episode and that you feel more empowered, moved, and inspired. Be sure to check out the show's description and follow us on social media at Let's Not Sugarcoat It podcast on both Instagram and Facebook. Also, check out our YouTube channel where you can view and subscribe to our latest episodes. What you have to say matters, so send us your feedback and ideas on what you'd like us to talk about so we can serve you better. And remember, motherhood is a team sport.